unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, copywriters, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today? I'm good, Nathan. How are you? I'm doing okay. I, I stuttered a little bit at the beginning of the show. Well, I've never heard you stutter before, so let's consider this a first. <laughs> okay. Well, I tripped up on some words and uh, I, I don't know what was going on there, but um, we have another fantastic episode for the listeners. So I'm just going to hand it off to you. Okay. So I was watching TV. I saw this rocket scientist who was describing what happens you know, when a rocket takes off, there's a tremendous amount of fuel used, a tremendous amount of thrust developed for getting the rocket into space. And then he said it takes a lot less energy to keep the space capsule orbiting around the Earth once it's up there. Of course, it's in, you know, it's, that's, that's the way it works. But it got me to thinking about something related that sprung out of a conversation with Brian Cassangina, who was on the show a few weeks ago. And this thing it got me thinking about was the difference between creativity and implementation, especially in direct marketing and as it relates to copywriting. You know, creativity is like the rocket taking off. It's something that happens at the beginning of, say, a marketing campaign, a launch sequence, or development of a new product or the writing of a sales letter. And implementation is more like the space capsule going around the earth. It's what happens after the creative work is done and, and, the, and the campaign is launched. Now, the interesting thing is that most people, most of us in direct response marketing are usually mostly focused on one or the other, focused on creativity or implementation. And you need both. And there's usually some overlap in each person. Um, but mostly you've got mainly creative people like copywriters and mainly implementers like marketers. And people don't talk about this next part much, but there's usually some tension between the creative people and the implementers. There's a big divide. For example, implementers usually have no idea and no appreciation for the tremendous amount of focused energy and, frankly, mental disruption, chaos that it takes to create killer marketing, killer copy. And then creative people usually have little idea and zero appreciation for the tremendous amount of patience, stamina, and watchfulness that you need to be a successful implementer. Okay, then there's the people who do both creativity and implementation full-time, and those people need to watch their step because they can not only burn out pretty easily, they can end up getting fried to a crisp. But this isn't a wellness show, so we're not going to focus on life balance or getting enough sleep or anything like that. This show is about, what's it about, Nathan? Oh, right. copywriting. 
Yeah. So um, to be sure, creative people who will identify as copywriters and the implementers who will identify as marketers desperately need each other. Here's my thought in putting the show together. Maybe if the creative people and the implementing people understood each other a little better, they could get along more than they do. And that would be good for personal life and for business. So I thought it'd be really useful to look at the differences between what creative people do and what implementers do, why they need each other, and why, as of today, in many cases, they can barely understand what each one does, if they understand it at all. But I'd be really shocked if people barely understand this. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear in this podcast, and most of the time, Common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health or finance or business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So let's, let's get into the, the, this first conversation. Brian Cassingina. He messaged me after I did a presentation for Agora Financial. I think you saw that presentation too, right, Nathan? Yeah, it was awesome. Thanks. I I don't remember exactly what Brian said, but I remember the gist of the conversation. He told me he liked it. Uh, What I had done is I did a breakdown of a chapter from Gene Schwartz's Breakthrough Advertising, and I took this incredible chapter on the five stages of customer awareness, and I broke each stage down into very simple action steps. Now, I will tell you, it took me a long time to come up with those steps. Brian told me he appreciated it because the book, Breakthrough Advertising, as brilliant as it is, can be hard to decipher sometimes. And I remember commenting back to Brian that Gene Schwartz was an artist. He was a writer. He was a great thinker, but he was not a teacher or a coach or a step-by-step guy, at least in my sense of the words. And you could say, well, he's taught a lot of people things. And I'd say that's true, but he didn't do it in a systematic way. And so that's why I had volunteered to do the presentation about this chapter two on the copy call. But the, the, there's another conversation I had, and this was with a friend who's a legendary copywriter and who really values his privacy. So I won't mention his name. He loved the topic of creativity versus implementation. And he said, I should write a book about it. And I negotiated him down to me doing a podcast. I'm telling you, this guy's very persuasive. <laughs> I, I told him, I thought he was more, this guy seems to think that he is only a creative person and he, you know, is not implementer at all. And I said, I thought he was more of an implementer than he thought. I asked him if he was driving down the road and the tire went flat, one of his tires on his car, and he couldn't call AAA, could he change the tire himself? He said, not only could he, but he's done so in the past. And I said, well, that's not the mark of a completely creative side person. Changing a tire is an implementing activity. And while I was talking to him, I remembered something I heard about Warren Buffett. Now, most people would not put, because, you know, he's not an artist or writer per se, 
He's this investor. So most people don't think of him as creative, but I think of him as creative. I happen to think of him as one of the best paid creative people in the world. And this is what I thought about. And I, I told my friend, I said, he can multiply Warren Buffett. This is a quote I heard about Warren Buffett. He can multiply two 20 digit numbers in his head, but he can't screw a nut on a bolt. Hmm. Now, again, you might not think of math as any way of measuring creativity, but Warren Buffett has done some pretty creative things with numbers when you think about it, like catapulting himself to the top of the Forbes 400 list of 400 richest Americans a few years ago. And, and really, Warren Buffett is not an implementer. He has his partner, Charlie Munger, and his staff in an office in Omaha to handle most of the implementation of his ideas for him. So I would say my super creative friend is more of an implementer than Warren Buffett. At least he can you know, jack up a car and, and, you know, use a tire iron to loosen the bolts on, on the wheel. But anyway, um, I, I thought about this some more. I thought, okay, if you're to boil it all down, you could say that the creative person has one main question with whatever task is in front of him or her. The main question is, how can I express this? What words, emotions, images, sounds, sequences of communication can I use? And an implementer has a different main question. The implementer says, how can I do this? What steps do I take to make this happen? What are all the pieces of the chain? What are all the pieces of the sequence of actions? And how do they work? And again, to be sure in direct marketing, it's not pure like that. I mean, anyone who's successful has got at least a little of the other one in them. For example, a copywriter who's creative needs to also consider the implementer question, how can I make this happen, since the copy has to get a result. And an implementer has some creative moves. After all, testing, testing, A-B split testing, is a very systematized thing. And some creative people would say, boring, but it's a systematized form of creativity. It's trying different combinations to find out what works best. And that's what a creative person does. So another way to look at it is creativity is more about variety and implementation is more about consistency. And again, at least in direct marketing, it's neither 100% of one and zero of the other. For example, people who are purely creative and just want to express ideas and aren't concerned about results, they won't be very successful as copywriters. You need to be consistent in certain ways. And of course, you know, implementers need to have a variety of options if something's not working. So jump in at any time, but I'll I'll just keep ranting. I actually did have just a little two cents to add in. This is something that I've dealt with a lot. It, I'm definitely more of the creative type person, but in our work, we have to work a lot with people that are very structured, very they want to they want to have a good plan, they want to know step by step how things are going to work and how things uh, are going to function. And a lot of times as copywriters, we have to go back and we say, okay, we tried that. It didn't work. I'm going to tweak the headline a little bit, or I'm going to ch- change the offer a little bit. And a lot of times 
the people that want the very structured, implement, implemented, implementation-minded people, they get very frustrated with that. Whereas for us, it's like, oh, well, let's just try this now. Let's see if this works better than this. And so the biggest thing that I found dealing with people on the other side of the coin is um, the frustration levels because their mind doesn't work the way that ours does. What are your thoughts on um, dealing with that and and not causing that sense of frustration in the other people? Yeah. So um, I have a lot of thoughts about that, but let me let me get into them uh, the way I've got them laid out because I, I need to uh, provide a little more background first about the differences between creative and implement or very structured people. So it's it's a good question. John Cleese, the Monty Python guy, is actually a a world expert on creativity, not just because he's created some stuff that some people think is a fu- some among the funniest stuff they've ever seen. I like it. I'm not as big a Monty Python fan as some of my friends, but I like it. But he's also done academic research. He's found out what the academic experts say about creativity, and he's put it in language that ordinary humans can understand. And one of the things he says that that really struck me is that you're in a very different mindset, different frame of mind, which which lines up perfectly with with what you were just saying, Nathan. Um, he says that creative people are more in an open mode open like yeah hey let's let's try this and they're not as uh structured and focused narrowly focused whereas an implementer is in more of a closed mode doesn't mean they're closed-minded it means they like structure like know what's next they like to know why that you know they they just like to have things operate smoothly and consistently and so to to answer your question seeing that creative people tend to think one way and implementers tend to think another way it's important for you whether you're primarily an implementer or primarily a creative person to understand more about the other person so you don't get so impatient and frustrated because that that is the problem on both sides of the coin uh so let me let me lay it out this way. Here's what creative people need to know about implementers that that most most of us and I'm I'd say I'm maybe 60 70% creative 30 40% implementer but I generally prefer to operate in creative mode it's more fun for me and actually more well I'll just say it's more fun. Um creative people need to know that implementers have a lot of patience. Now, they may not have patience with you, but if you think about what they're doing all day and they're sitting there dealing with numbers and systems and code and all of the hassles that come when you're actually trying to get stuff done, that requires a lot of patience, maybe more than you as a creative person normally have. You need to respect that. You don't need to become one of them, but you need to understand what they're doing. They also have stamina. I mean, I've noticed that for myself, when I'm doing something very creative, and for most other creative people, there's this tremendous rush and intensity of energy 
followed by sometimes collapse or certainly, quote, sitting around and loafing, sitting around doing nothing, screwing off, you know, that's, that's how it works. You need to, when you're creative, you need to be able to leave it all in the field, give it everything. Um, an implementer is a little different. Um, an implementer needs to have stamina, needs to keep going. Maybe it's not as intense, but the amount of energy is no less. It's just distributed over a longer period of time. The other thing is that implementers are also pra- are also creative, but in a more practical way, perhaps, than most creative people will recognize. So if creative people know that about implementers, namely that they have patience that would almost seem like a novel concept to a creative person. Um, they have stamina that the creative person probably doesn't have uh, and that they do have their own form of creativity. What do implementers need to know about creative people? And I thought of three things. Do you have a problem with Kindle books? I do. Sometimes I really just want to hold a book in my hand so I can turn the pages and highlight stuff and make notes. That's one reason I recently released the print version of my book, Breakthrough Copywriting. And listen to this. On Facebook, I've gotten pictures posted from around the world. Pictures of people holding their printed copy of Breakthrough Copywriting in their hands, including one from an A-list screenwriter and marketer in L.A.'s famous Topanga Canyon. He was reading the book in his hot tub. Breakthrough Copywriting is a great book for you, whether you are a beginner or an A-lister yourself or anywhere in between. It costs a tiny, tiny fraction of my $5,000 a head seminar that the book is based on. So check out Breakthrough Copywriting on Amazon.com. Now, back to the show. One is creative people know how to focus at a very high level of intensity. You know, the, the way ADHD people are typically described, that they get absorbed in one thing and they just don't even know the rest of the world exists. Or maybe a more positive way of saying the same thing is going into a flow state where nothing else exists and you're just focusing on what you're working on. That's, that's a, that's a, a valuable and a developed skill. It doesn't come automatically, especially since creative people are infinitely curious and distractible, you know? So if you can take all of that energy and focus. The the other thing, and now we're sort of going to get into the mystical quantum physics woo-woo Carl Jung land a little bit. Um, there's chaos. There's disruptive energy. You, you don't create shit by sitting down and saying, okay, now I'm going to create something. Create, 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 boom, it's done. Sometimes your mind goes to really strange places. Sometimes you start to actually, and I'm not even talking about drugs here, you, you go into a different state of consciousness. Sometimes you come up with ideas which scare you. This takes guts. It takes guts to hang out there and to stay with it. Um, So creative people have the capacity to manage disruptive energy and circumstance in a way that, that people who are not so 
honed and developed in creativity have. Not even saying that they like it, but they can do it. And the other thing, and here's where we go completely off the reservation, pardon the expression, creative people have all chemical skills. We know how to take an idea and turn it into money. We know how to turn lead into gold. Doesn't mean we can do it on command because it comes with the intense focus and sometimes the disruption and sometimes the anxiety that comes with the creative process. But it's there. It's real. So let me me give you just a a few little ideas on how you as a creative person, as a copywriter, maybe as an art director, maybe as a musician, maybe, but somebody who's who's working with implementers and needs to at least get a a little taste of what they do. Um, how do you bring the implementer mindset to yourself if you're primarily a creative person? Okay. So here, here's a mistake I even think my legendary copywriter friend makes that took me a long time to think my way out of, but I, I think it's a mistake that you, you don't have to make. A lot of creative people think it's their identity. It's they think that's who they are. And they'll say, well, you know, it's just who I am. Deal with it. Or, hey, my Colby Index A says this. Or my Myers-Briggs type is that. Or I did a Tarot reading and it said this and that about me. Now, to be sure, some people are more naturally creative and some have talent and some have developed the skill. but. One thing that John Cleese said, and I totally believe this, is that creativity is not your identity. It's not your genetic destiny. It's a way of operating that you learned how to do. Implementing is just something you haven't learned how to do, as this describes you. The main thing for a creative person is to decide that they want to learn about implementation and be able to do it. And have a good reason for wanting to do this, one that makes sense, and they'll be motivated. That's the main thing. Creative people usually won't do anything they don't feel they don't have to do. They won't do it unless they want to do it. Okay. And so again, don't don't hide behind an excuse that, well, I'm this, this is who I am, screw you. It's like, okay, if you don't want to, don't. But it, it is possible, just like creativity is a way of operating in a more open mode, implementation is a way of operating in a more closed mode. So you don't have to be good at it, but if you try it, you'll have a little, little peek into the world of what it's like to be an implementer. You might get a little less frustrated with their reactions, understand them a little more, right? How do you bring a creative mindset to implementation? Well, this this could really freak an implementer out, but it is worth considering. Number one, not all the time, but just as part of this thought experiment, just part of this exploration, exploratory journey, you have to be willing not to get stuff done for a little while. You have to be willing not to make decisions quickly, which is probably something you're very good at and something you're very used to and something that may have locked itself in as a habit. You have to step outside that. You need to slow down. 
Um, <laughs> not easy, but just for a little while. And here's the main thing that creative people do that um, implementers, by the very nature of what they do, can't or shouldn't do too much. You, but as an implementer, you wanna, might want to try this. You want to try this. You need to consider far more possibilities than you could ever possibly practically use without acting on them. And actually, that's hard for some creative people, too. But that's, that's where you start to un- understand things. So I, I have this uh, idea about a world where cats and dogs can get along. Now, before all the animal rights and animal empaths people start uh, you know, sending in emails and complaining about this. I I want to acknowledge I have seen pictures on Facebook of cats and dogs. Uh, they seem to be getting along, but those could be photoshopped. You, you're never quite sure, right? And by by cats and dogs, of course, I mean creative people and implementers. I, I think that dogs represent implementers better. They're they're just you know, they're very positive and they just move forward and they just do the same thing. They like to have a job. I don't know. You, you don't watch a lot of TV, but, um, there, you know, there was Boomer, who's a golden retriever sitting next to Martha McSally uh, when she was giving her concession speech to Kristen Sinema for Senator of Kristen Sinema for Senator of Arizona. And Boomer you could just tell he was a great implementer. Um, he, he, he was just like, he was totally in sync with the woman as she was talking and very supportive and everything. That's, you know, the implementer. And I think cats are like creative people. Leave me alone. I'm creating, you know? So how, how did the, how did the two get along? Well, it's pretty simple. It's just what I was saying before. If you're primarily creative, get a little out of your comfort zone and try some implementation that you thought you could never do. That's a challenge, okay? If you're an implementer, get out of your comfort zone and, and try some creative activities you thought you would never do. You know, slowing down, not getting stuff done, just exploring ideas. Now, to be sure, you might not be good at either of these, but at least you'll have a little more appreciation for this other kind of activity and this other kind of person that's not in your sweet spot. And I believe understanding each other is the first step to getting along. I'm going to kind of tie this back up into copywriting specifically. Uh, One thing that I know is when I'm sitting down and I'm getting ready to write, I just kind of vomit on the page. It's it's a very creative process. It's just, let's just get as much of this out mm-hmm. of the way as possible. And I have to switch modes when I go back and I try to say, okay, did I properly overcome objections? Did I properly lay this out in a way that had a good flow? Is the sentence structure correct? Is it Does each sentence follow the last one and actually make sense? Did I use the same word too many times in one paragraph? And it takes two different ways of thinking. And actually, on some of my bigger sales pieces, I actually hire out people to do my editing for me. 
And the way that they approach writing is often the exact opposite way that I approach writing. And in order to be a good copywriter, you have to, you have to be able, in my opinion, you have to be able to understand the importance of both and not put more importance or not place more importance on one side than the other. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, <laughs> I'm almost reframing this whole, this whole show based on what you said, because it's really more important uh, in direct marketing for the creative copywriters to understand implementation than vice versa. But, you know, I, I thought might as well give it a shot to see what I could offer the implementers as well, since they're the ones that ultimately help us make the money or ultimately make it for us after the copy is out there. But yeah, I, I think I think you're absolutely right, Nathan. Um, you you know, as a copywriter, you need to use you know you need to be able to use your mind in one way at a given time, but you need to be able to use it in more than one way. So you do need to learn different kinds of thinking. I think it's a really good point. Nice. So I know that I learned a lot during this episode about dealing with the other side of the coin. I appreciate you bringing it to us, David. What can people expect on the next episode of the Copywriters Podcast? Okay, so this is kind of like breaking news in the marketing world. We're going to talk about a new opportunity to market your business on broadcast TV, something that's just been developed for real. We're going to bring a guy in from the TV advertising world who is part of doing some stuff that you've never seen before. Mm. Okay, now you piqued my interest. Well, good. Maybe you'll not only listen to the next show, you'll but you'll be there recording it. I love it and producing it and asking questions. Awesome. David, again, a fantastic episode. Listeners out there, make sure you're heading over to the Copywriters Podcast website, which is copywriterspodcast.com. Subscribe, rate us, review us on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And until next time, we'll catch you later. Okay, see you next time. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes so you never miss an episode.